I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the OBR on Twitch. My name is Ian McBride. I'm going to be joined very quickly. I'll bring him in, Mike. Uh, yeah, yeah. Michael Keefe and Andrew Spade will be joining me today. We're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns and news revolving them. Mike, how are you doing? Man, I'm great. Uh, I know the topic of conversation, so I've got a nice strong beer uh, yes. getting forward here tonight. <laughs> would recommend uh, everybody in the chat who is, of course, uh, of legal drinking age, uh, grab one of those as well. Good point. Uh, it's going to be a long one. Uh, Andrew, how are you doing? Uh, same. I, I saw Mike crack one open before the show started, and so I went and grabbed a <clears throat> something from Rheingeist. I've, I've got water so. to slake my thirst. Yeah, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, great weekend. Excited to be back on Twitch tonight, talking about uh, our favorite subject. Oh yeah, uh, and that subject is of course the quarterback uh, position. Uh, three first round picks, two hundred thirty million dollars, and we're still just going to talk about who the heck is going to be starting a quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. So let's start with uh, the big news. Uh, a couple of things since we've been gone. Uh, Twenty two of the twenty six cases against Deshaun Watson have been settled. The NFL quickly came out and said, doesn't matter. That's not going to affect the discipline in any way. And then we have two reports, one from uh, Pro Football Network's Aaron Wilson that says there's concern from the NFL Players Association that the league will look to suspend Deshaun Watson for the entire 2022 season, if not indefinitely. And then Wall Street Journal's Andrew Beaton said that they are pushing for an indefinite suspension. So uh, that's that's the big thing is Deshaun Watson. We are now looking very possibly, uh, maybe even likely that we're looking at least a year for Deshaun Watson to be suspended, perhaps even more. Uh, what's your instant reaction to that, Mike? I mean, I think, <clears throat> I think first and foremost, I think if it's a year, it's within the parameters that we all kind of thought it might be when they signed Deshaun Watson. I mean, I think we all have been up and down, and I, I, I'm as guilty as anybody else of playing the game of, oh, maybe it's four weeks, maybe it's eight weeks, maybe it's 10 weeks. But I think all along, I've always felt in the back of my head like, you know what, it could be up to a year. And okay, if that happens, if he gets suspended for a year, I still don't, I don't think the Browns feel like they've made a big mistake. I don't think, uh, I don't think there's any horrible repercussions that they feel uh, as far as, again, just from a football organization standpoint, I don't think they feel real crazy about that. I think they would love for it to be less than that, but if they did have to trot out this year with whoever else they go out there with Jacoby Brissett, presumably, um, I think when they look forward and say, okay, well, uh, we still have Deshaun Watson coming next year and then for the foreseeable future. I think that was always in the back of their minds that that could happen. So it's not super exciting uh, from a fan perspective. It's not super exciting knowing that potentially for a full year, and this is no, uh, this is not to say a bad thing about Jacoby Brissett because I think he's an awfully good backup quarterback, but in the AFC, if he's a starting quarterback, he's one of the worst Yeah, in the AFC. And that says more about the talent in the AFC than it does about Jacoby Brissett. But if you're going to roll out there with him for a year, yeah, of course it's a it's a it's a gut punch. But I think from an organizational perspective, it wouldn't be a huge surprise, nor would it be anything where they felt like they made a bad move. 
Yeah. I mean, it's worth noting Jacoby Brissett uh, has basically been put into two starting situations, uh, one with the Colts, one with the Dolphins. With the Colts, they decided they, they wanted, you know, a 40, like what, 41-year-old Philip Rivers instead of Jacoby Brissett as a starter. So that's kind of where you're looking at, as far as his tier. He would definitely be on the lower end of uh, starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Andrew, your thoughts on the Deshaun Watson news, the potential suspension for one year, potentially longer. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's been a lot of commentary that, you know, the NFL has been trying to get ahead of the story uh, and, and, you know, position themselves as wanting as severe a suspension as possible to get on the right side of, of PR. I mean, I think it's, you know, I, I, I'm maybe guilty of being a cynic, but from my perspective, uh, you know, the personal conduct policy isn't about trying to get guys to do the right thing. I mean, the NFL has a lower rate of, uh, you know, criminal mischief than the general public at large. So the personal conduct policy is about keeping the heat off of the owners and the commissioner yeah. and trying not to lose sponsors and that sort of thing. And so from that perspective, you know, the, the firmer they can seem to be, the better off they are. And so, you know, th- this is this this is as much about PR and uh, positioning and leverage for these negotiations with the NFLPA as it is about their actual desire to suspend the quarterback. I mean, from the, from the from the NFL's perspective, the best thing that they can do is have the best players on the field so that the best games are played. They want ratings more than anything else. Yeah. And so um, I, I think that you have to you have to look at all of this stuff in terms of what the motivation is. And I think very clearly the motivation here is to demonstrate that the NFL is real mad and they want to they want justice, you know, and as long as they get credit for being the real mad guys, they don't really care what actually happens in terms of the suspension. So I think, you know, it, it doesn't sound good. I'm not going to pretend like it sounds good, but I think this is much more about positioning than it is about their actual desire for, you know, meaningful change. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough not to be cynical about this, <laughs> this stuff no. sometimes. Um, worth noting, uh I think there is a pretty huge difference in terms of reaction versus one year suspension versus indefinite from the NFLPA. I think if it is a one year suspension, the NFLPA will be obviously not happy. Uh, I think if it's an, it's an indefinite suspension, they are going to be fighting that uh, in court uh, and supporting that uh, the NFLPA is brought in uh believe let me double check his name uh jeffrey kessler jeffrey kessler yes uh he was part of the mcneil versus the nfl in 1991 that led to the establishment of free agency in the nfl he was also part of the 2021 case for name name image and likeness for college football players so he is this is a big name in the uh in the in the sports industry as far as uh as far as you know somebody who fights for players rights here um, so the fact that the NFL PA is bringing him in indicates to me that they are going to be fighting this, not through the traditional, you know, appeals, but through, uh, you know, through litigation, through essentially suing the NFL, uh, for sort of not really following the, uh, the CBA in, in an appropriate manner. So, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a long, uh, if it's an indefinite suspension, it's going to be a long uh, process that is going to involve a lot of uh, a lot of annoyances for Browns fans, I would say. Allow me to be a fan for a second, because I think Andrew hit it right on the head before. I think the NFL is just posturing. 
Mm-hmm. We're mad. We're real mad about it. <laughs> but allow me to be a fan for a minute. Uh, a, a fan who maybe wants to think a little bit illogically. Because, again, I don't think there's ever coming a time where, like, the Browns are getting picks back or whatever. That's not happening. Zero percent. Right, but I do want to say this. It, I do think that's posturing. And I don't necessarily think that's what's actually happening behind the scenes. But if it were, if that was really happening behind the scenes, then I am a little miffed. As a Browns fan, as a supporter of the Browns, why was this even? Why were? Why was any team allowed to trade for this dude? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Why was this even allowed to go down? If yep. you were the minute a trade happened and a contract and all that, then it was like, okay, now we're bringing the hammer down. Yep. Yep. It's been it's been a year. Deshaun Watson took off the last year. They have known about this stuff for a year, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they allow a trade to go down, and boom, let's bring the hammer down. That's why I don't necessarily buy the posturing. I think it, yeah. it's something to look good in front of the public, but but it makes no sense on the back end. And frankly, if I if I like work for the Browns, I'd be like, wait, yeah. if if you if you if you're fighting for a historic suspension, why was anybody anybody allowed to go get this guy? Yeah, why were you why weren't you fighting for the suspension last year? Right. Like, mm-hmm. And why didn't we know that? Because it, it very much it very much seems to me like in the background again, all this stuff gets put out there through the lens of whoever you are reading. So like a, a, a couple more of the cases came out and then all of a sudden I see everybody on Twitter. Oh yeah. I'm sure you really looked into it. Browns. They did. They mm. looked into it. The NFL looked into it. They all looked into it. They all talked to each other. I guarantee you the Browns talked to the NFL. The NFL talked to the Browns. Like the communication I think was much more than what people maybe want to think it was because they want to feel a certain way about it. So like, yeah, if you, if 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 you were gonna if you really were gonna be like we want a historic suspension, why was that not told to the people that were trying to go get this guy? Why was it like yeah, well you know we probably serve a suspension and and you'll be done with it. It just yep. it just that seems weird to me. Yep. Well, I think it's I think it's again it's indicative of the messaging has changed completely and the the facts as as you rightly said, Mike, the facts haven't changed that much. I mean. It has not been great PR-wise that there's been an HBO documentary about it. It hasn't been great that, you know, there's been a few more accusers to step forward in the wake of that. But the the overall, uh, the detail and the tenor of what has happened, what Watson is accused of, hasn't changed. And so when, you know, when the trade happened, the across-the-board insider scoop was, you know, somewhere in the range of six games, right? Four to eight right. games. Yeah. And... I, to me, from, from where I sit, the, the accusations haven't changed enough to justify moving from that expectation, which was obviously sourced. Those insider guys don't say stuff like that if they haven't talked to somebody. So I don't see how they can move from that, with, which was sourced you know, somewhere within the league, to uh, you know, a year plus an indefinite suspicion. And the reason that it was, is, is, was in six games is because that's the precedent. That, right. that range is the precedent for these sorts of things. And so I think then it's important to remember that the decision right now is not in the hands of the NFL. It's in the hands of this uh, independent arbitrator. And one would expect that a judge, a legal mind would be more likely to lean on precedent in a case like this. Correct. If that's the case, then the NFL can say, we wanted to suspend him for a year. We weren't going to settle for anything less than a year, but the judges said six games we're going to ask for eight games and, you know, and then everybody's happy. And I, I will point out, uh, obviously, most of the Deshaun Watson is unprecedented. Uh, it, 
correct me if I'm wrong, what, what I think you're talking about as far as precedent is uh, where this is a civil case and not a criminal case, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and the suspensions that the league has handed out for similar matters, the Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott uh, suspension, I think is the most recent one. Um, but when, when there have been these sorts of, like you said, civil cases that have not involved criminal charges, this is, that's been the range that these suspensions have fallen into. Superfly Rob coming in with six months. Uh, thank you very much for the sub. Appreciate it. I go OBR with eight months as well. Uh, chat username says, wasn't the NFL creating waiting for criminal indictments? That, that could be a big part of it. Although the, uh, the, they chose not to indict before the trade happened. So the timeline still, says why why were they not pushing that suspension before the trade happened because the, the the criminal the the decision on those criminal indictments had to happen before any trade happened either so uh i will say this I, and and i didn't mean to cut you off but i i think right. i think the one thing that i keep going back to right because there was one thing i have to tell you i if there was a shred of innocence and so i want to hear your guys take on this if there was a shred of like innocence with the deshaun thing he had me going a little bit with his his willingness to stand up and be like, I'm not settling these. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, because because if you put me like, again, I'm not saying these are false allegations. So please do not put those words in my mouth. What I am saying is if I believed that I have done nothing wrong and I'm going to be approached in a certain legal sense, I'm going to stand my ground because there are certain things that matter more like the perception of who I am as a human being. So I, I'm interested. I, I, I guess I'm really interested to hear how Deshaun approaches the fact that that tone changed real fast. And I and I wonder, I wonder if it's because the the Texans were getting brought in on this, and now all of a sudden the NFL's got a team involved, and they're like, "No, you are settling these," and that's how that's going to go, or or where the advice came from because it went from "I'm not going to settle because I didn't do anything wrong" to "Okay, let's settle all these and get on get on with it." Uh, we'll throw that to you, Andrew. Just before I did want to respond to chat username very good point talking about how there's there's no official end to the pursuit of criminal charges we should point out that i believe uh it is it was the 22 cases that were filed uh those ones were taken to a, um, a grand jury who decided not to indict and again a decision not to indict is not a determination of innocence it means there wasn't a trial so um it, it's 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 a more complex situation than that so it, yeah. it thank you uh for bringing no it's worth bringing up when we we do try to maybe oversimplify it a little bit by saying why are they pursuing it now there were some reasons as to why they weren't pursuing it before but we'll throw it to you andrew your thoughts on uh deshaun watson basically maintaining his innocence at least up until uh, last week when he chose to settle yeah i mean i i think your point's well taken mike i think the 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 kind of the last, if you if you're a Browns fan or or you know a Deshaun Watson fan or whatever, and you want to believe that he is 100% innocent, when he settled you know 20 of the 24 cases, that kind of undercuts that belief. Yeah, think, very much. Especially for a person who, you know, you might say, okay, well, you have to settle because legal costs or whatever. That's not a problem for him. You know, he's got more money than he knows what to do with. So he could he could be in court with these for the rest of his career, if proving himself innocent was the most important thing. I think. You know, I think there's a very real sense in which the the NFL has, you know, official levers and unofficial levers, you know, and the suspension is an official lever, right? So they they rule him out for however long and that's his punishment, right? But I think that's also very clear from the way that they're handling the Dan Snyder situation in Washington, from the way that they've handled the Jerry Jones stuff that keeps coming up in Dallas. They have a lot of unofficial levers and none of that stuff ever gets reported or talked about. You know, the NFL is a very it's a highly scrutinized sport 
But if they don't want something reported, it's maybe the least well-covered sport, you know, in, in the world because they have such power with their media partners. Um, and so the, the, the official levers are covered. So we're covering the suspension, but we are not covering the back channel conversations that happened yeah. between whomever at the league office and Rusty Harden in the last few months that said, you have a much better chance of us not appealing the suspension and going for the throat if we stop getting you stop getting sued every two weeks. Yeah, you know, you want to know what this all goes back to? I'm, I'm going to put this all goes back to TiVo. <laughs> I'm going to blow your mind. The reason the NFL has so much power with its media partners oh, is because you had TiVo come along and made it so recorded stuff you could skip ads and the value of live sports mm-hmm. shot through the roof. And so the NFL now just has all of this power uh, with who it does business with. And you, yep. if you anger the NFL, you're losing one of the last vestiges of, of, of live television that you can throw advertisements on. Yep. It all goes back to TiVo guys. Damn it. TiVo. <laughs> Damn you. Damn it. TiVo. Uh, let's um, let's move a little bit further. We are, we should be getting some news on that tomorrow. Adam Schefter reports Deshaun Watson has a oh, hearing yeah. before the NFL and the uh, NFLP has jointly appointed disciplinary officer Sue Robinson tomorrow. So mm-hmm. we, uh, we will, at least that begins tomorrow. I don't know if it'll conclude tomorrow. Um, and then we have uh we have the lawsuit that came out today. Another one of um, another one of uh, the interesting things here uh, that could potentially, I think, I, I I will posit a, th- a thing that uh, you guys might disagree with, but um, we have uh, news coming out about the Houston Texans uh, and their sort of uh, involvement in this Deshaun Watson stuff. And I recommend everybody go uh, check out Cameron Justice on Twitter. She broke down some of this stuff uh, and listed it. Um, but it, Tony Busby has filed the first of what he says will be many lawsuits against the Houston Texans. Uh, saying that they knew his behavior and they were uh, enabling it. And uh, included in that petition is some texts that are incredibly disturbing, um, including quotes such such as, so she can report to police, but from what I understand, they won't do much. I would recommend to just not take him anymore. I can get the player personnel person for whatever team it is. That's who you would talk to on the team to handle it. They don't do much about the situation. And then... uh, if it is him, I normally am the one who coordinates his therapists when I can't make it. So I'm very close to the th- team. I will ensure his team handles him. Uh, so if these are to be believed, the Houston Texans had quite a bit of involvement with Deshaun Watson. Uh, and this was something that they knew about uh, two things. Number one, if you think the Browns are getting their picks back, you are absolutely insane. There's a 0% chance of that happening. There is potential for maybe the Houston Texans to be for those picks to be taken away from the Texans, but they're not going to come back to the Browns. They're just going to take them away. Uh, the second one, and I'll, I'll talk about this, and this is sort of an interesting thing to talk about that you guys might disagree with. I think this, plus the fact that uh, Tony Busby has sort of implied that there are six more cases that might be filed against Deshaun Watson. Uh, in the in this petition, it was sort of included that there were over 30. And, you know, considering how many we know right now, uh, we can we can add the difference there. I don't think it is off the table for this contract to maybe be voided. That is that is my that is what I'm going to put forward, and you can you can maybe disagree with that. Obviously, the Browns are not going to get the picks back, but I think considering there have now been 
there would that would be 10 new cases compared to when uh, the Browns acquired him from the Houston Texans, uh, especially if it, it comes out that the Texans were doing something to cover up this this action uh, at a certain point. That you can't you just the cases keep coming out, you can't like this is more than what was sort of agreed upon in the deal that the Browns sort of agreed to take on. This is more baggage than they agreed to take on is what I'm saying. So you're, we'll go to you first, Mike. Do you think there's any potential there? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I think there's two things. I think, I think one, I think one of the interesting things that you talked about, because I, I think the two things you talked about in my head split. Okay. I think when you talk about the Texans' involvement, potentially covering things up, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, that's that, I think, could lead the Browns to go back and say, we may want to see what we can do with this because we were not told everything by the Texans and they were covering things up and we didn't know. Having said that, and this, I'm going to try to make this sound as least bad as possible, okay? <laughs> Good. I wish you luck. I'm going to try to make it sound as as least bad as possible because if you know me, you know that I think one of these is one too many. One sexual assault is one sexual assault too many. Yeah. So please understand before I say this next thing. But I don't think that the more cases that come out are really doing anything in the minds of the Browns because I think if you are willing to say, listen, we're gonna we're gonna throw it out on the table, we're gonna we're gonna throw a tremendous risk out there and we're gonna go get this guy with 22 accusations of at least sexual misconduct at least there's a couple allegations of sexual assault but at least sexual misconduct 22 and 30 probably aren't making that big of a difference and i know that sounds bad i know that sounds bad and i don't mean it to sound bad that's not what i think in my own head but i also think i don't think any new allegation unless there was like this bombshell allegation of something crazy i don't think any of these are surprises to the browns like I don't, I do not think they went in to the negotiations for Deshaun Watson thinking, well, it's twenty-two. It's only twenty-two. It's only going to be twenty-two. That's it. I don't think that was ever their thought. So, yep. so I don't think it's that. Now, again, do I think they could look and say, well, look what the Texans hid from us? Yeah, yeah, maybe. But I don't. I don't think the number of allegations. I know it riles us up every time. Again, it sucks. Because it feels like every other week there's two or three more allegations that comes out. And as a fan and as somebody who who works and 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 covers this team, uh, it sucks to ride that roller coaster of a gut punch every couple weeks of, oh, there's another one and another one. Uh, I, I think they probably understood that that probably was going to happen. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right, Mike. I think um, I think that it, the tone, the nature of the allegations would have to change. And thinking strategically, I don't understand why if if there are more serious allegations out there that are that Tony Busby is aware of, I can't think of a reason why he wouldn't have filed those lawsuits already. Uh, 
I, I well, you might not have been aware of them, you know. No, uh, for sure. And yes, I'm saying if they are out there currently. So, yeah. so the the concern then is for somebody else to come forward with new allegations that are more. Look, this is all bad, but more uh, serious in nature. Uh, that are that are you know that that involve uh, violence or you know I mean it, we, we know what I'm talking about, right? Um, so that that would then I think introduce some doubt. I think the other thing that could cause the Browns to go down the voided contract route would be if if he, I think probably the right term is relapses, right? right. Uh, if if he well, he still hasn't admitted he has a problem, so I don't know if relapse is the right word. Well, he did yeah. say he's going to counseling now and all yeah. that stuff. So yeah, so in in the in the event that he were to uh, you know uh, end up in this sort of situation again in Cleveland, um, then I think that's pretty much the only choice that they have. But I think that you the the thing is is that you know they I mean it's obviously there's a sunk cost. Part, portion to this right because the picks are gone they're not getting them back but they have a vested interest in making it work with deshaun watson as uh you know unfortunate as that might be to a lot of browns fans you know the yeah. the team has a, a a strong incentive to eventually get this guy on the field because well, if he can play like he had he's going to be a good quarterback and that's why that's why this is all supposedly worth it well, my question would be is what is that what if that changes? If you're talking about, you know, if you're talking about, say, let's throw out just as potential two year suspension. Sure. Because all of this stuff keeps coming out. Do the Browns still at that point have a vested interest in making it work? Or at that point do you say, okay, two years without a quarterback, that's that's too much. We let's let's talk to the NFL, see if we can get this contract voided. And the NFL would love if the contract was voided because they would love for that fully guaranteed precedent to be off the books. They want they want that crap gone. Well, it's gonna, NFL, that's going to happen somewhere eventually, yeah. though. It's yeah. not. Yeah, but it, if the uh, would that change the situation? If you say I have a two year suspension, would the Browns at that point say, "Okay, this again sunk cost. We got to move on. Let's let's approach this as we need a quarterback again." Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So that that's like more of a strategic question, right? Because yeah. if they, which do, is what we should talk about, <laughs> right? Totally, yeah. So so if they were without, so let's let's just entertain your hypothetical. If they were out without Watson for two years, you would be getting back a quarterback in in for the twenty twenty four season that hasn't played in almost three. four calendar years. Yeah, but has missed three seasons. Uh, so I mean, at that point, is a truly unknown quantity. Um, is, is that worth the salary relief that you would get? You know, uh, I, I think it's, I think you're right. I think that's probably the amount of time he would have to be suspended for them to start to seriously entertain this proposition. Um, the, the problem is without first round picks for the next two years, where does that replacement come from? And, uh, the, you know, so there can, I mean, the, I, th I think we said this before on, on, on our, our Twitch air. I think we've said it in articles, the the Browns by doing this, I mean, it, it cannot be under under understated enough or overstated enough how uh, how much of a corner they've painted themselves in, uh, yeah. and and the only way forward for them that doesn't involve a trip back to the wilderness is Deshaun Watson being the quarterback of the of the team. And if that's, I mean, to your point, Ian, if that's not possible, 
then they are going to have to tear the team down. And that's that's the stark reality of of where, what they the, the box they have put themselves in. So it's I mean, it, as much as we want to sit here and say it's June and we don't want to be talking about this and, you know, we're, we're tired of thinking about it. And, you know, let's think about the season. The next few weeks are deeply, deeply important to the future of the Browns franchise yeah. because of how much they have invested in this single player. Now they there was there was uh, I can't remember the tweet I saw and I'm not a I'm not a cap expert especially when it comes to punishment but there was a, a tweet that went out today that said if Deshaun Watson is punished for a year or more his his contract does get pushed. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's the, my question would be pushed versus voided because at that point three right. years removed from playing would the Browns want Deshaun Watson back? I think even if still, the contract gets pushed. I think I, I think if it's two years they still. I, they still say, yeah, that's our guy in two years. I, 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 as crazy as that might sound, I think they do. I think what it does, though, if you're going to push the contract for two more years, it does give you an opportunity to say maybe, and again, I want to be nice to Jacoby Brissett. I do want to be nice <laughs> to the guy. Because I think, we all do. Uh, yeah. I think he's a pretty good backup. I, I do. I mean, and personally, and if you throw Jacoby, if, again, when they were talking about maybe a four to six game suspension, I was like, cool, Jacoby Brissett for four to six games. They can get some wins. They'll be all right. Jacoby Brissett for two years is not the ideal situation. But I think what that does allow the Browns to do, again, just purely talking football here, yep. go find one of those veteran guys that you can sign for two years. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, there's a, I think for two years, there's a lot more options than for one. I think for one year, if it's a one-year suspension, you are rolling into this thing with Jacoby Brissett. I will say that's what you're going to do. And I, and I know you want to get to that, but I think that's the thing. I think if it's a two year suspension now, Andrew Barry's working the phones, trying to figure out a guy he can get here for the next two years. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we'll, we'll move on from Deshaun Watson. Uh, We managed to half hour without uh, going completely insane, only mildly insane. You guys had alcohol to help. I've been there. I live there. I live in (laughs) insanity, my man. Yeah. I I just, I want to underline too. Like uh, what I said, I mean, I, I heard, I heard, I was listening to Zach Jackson and Jason Lloyd, uh, you know, on the civilized barking podcast and Jason Lloyd's talking about how he's sick of talking about it. It's like, okay, I mean, I get it. Right. But like, this is it, man. Like (laughs) it's one thing if we're talking about a backup cornerback who keeps getting in trouble and it's like, why don't they just cut this guy? But it's, he's, he's their franchise quarterback. So I know that maybe it's like a little bit tedious, but uh, you know, (laughs) It, it is, it's like the most fundamental question to the future of the franchise. So yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we talked about it for a half hour, right? Yeah, and agree. Not, not, not only, I mean, there's the dimension of it, which is like, we don't want to sweep all of the stuff that's going on under the rug, but also what happens tomorrow with the NFL and the NFLPA, you know, is deeply consequential for the Browns. And so, you know, yeah, I, it's not, how I would choose to spend my June, but you know, I, I think we, <laughs> yeah. we would be doing a disservice if we were like, well, let's talk about, you know, the stadium or whatever. Remember last year when we were just talking about JOK. Oh, that was, that was, that was, I miss, yeah. I miss those. Days. Oh, I thought yeah. Baker was a good quarterback last summer. So a lot of changes in yeah. here. Yeah. Um, uh, one last thing I will say when we talk about suspension for Deshaun Watson, um, uh, they would, I have seen some people posit. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen seen some people posit that they, uh, Deshaun Watson should be suspended for life. Uh, I did a little bit of research, uh, and yeah. there are, as far as I can find, there are five people 
that have been suspended for life from the NFL. Two of them were for match fixing a championship game. So obviously you're not allowed back in the league after you do that. One of them was a convicted murder charge. And then two of them were drug charges. Uh, they, and they, and for those drug uh, offenses, almost certainly based on all of the other precedents, they would have been able to apply for reinstatement. They didn't. One just chose not to, and another uh, got arrested for armed robbery before he had the opportunity to apply for reinstatement. So effectively, three people have been banned for life from the NFL. One was a convicted murderer, and then two people for match fixing. So and- to to ban Deshaun Watson for – he has not been charged criminally mm. would be something that the NFLPA uh, – pardon my French – would sue the ever-loving – blank out of them yep. uh and they, they would not accept that and make no mistake and and, and i know we're still just lingering on it but make yeah. no mistake we're talking a lot about the potential suspension and what the nfl wants and all that stuff you also and andrew you brought this up they have they have uh somebody looking at this that's going to recommend a suspension that is going to look at precedent People don't like setting new precedents. The NFLPA especially does Nobody not like the likes, NFL setting precedents. Even the NFL doesn't want to set new precedents, though. They want to be able to, because when the next thing happens, they don't want to look at that and go, well, you did this for, for Deshaun Watson and gave him three years. So why is this a thing? You know what I mean? So that is going to, that plays on both sides of this. Yeah. Uh, and that's, well, and yeah, that's real interesting. To, and to underline that point, Mike, it is a collectively bargained labor situation, yeah. right? It's, this is a union. So, you know, the NFL does not have unilateral control. And I think, I think that there's, you know, I, I, the, some of this. Hold on. Andrew's making an astastic point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I was, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I just, I think that, I think that, you know, a lot of the there's there is a fair amount of of grandstanding with this yeah. case, right? Uh, on on Twitter, especially, and I understand it, right? Because the stuff that he did is accused of doing is gross, and it's you know, there, there's like no place for it ever, and I don't like it. There's nothing about it that's that's good or uh, you know defensible, but it, it he's not been criminally charged, and he plays he or his you know he has a job with a union, so we can't just act like the NFL is some sort of, you know, uh, su- Supreme Court like being that can impose whatever it wants on Deshaun Watson. Right. Um, yes. it, it, you know, it, it, the NFLPA has a say. And, and I think to Mike's point, if they wanted to go to war with the NFLPA, the NFL would try and suspend Deshaun Watson indefinitely. Yeah. But I don't think they want that. Yeah. Um, one last thing I will say, all of this <laughs> stuff we're talking about, uh personally i would be kind of ecstatic if deshaun watson got suspended for a full year because it would mean i would get another year of rooting for the browns without feeling like a piece of crap about it <laughs> i i personally i would much rather root for a jacoby Brissett led team than a deshaun watson led team even if the jacoby Brissett team isn't as good that's the last thing i will say on it let's move on to a much better topic that is definitely not controversial at all and that is the former franchise quarterback oh, Jesus. for the Cleveland I ran out of beer <laughs> play the hits <laughs> uh we did have some some stories come out uh namely uh the second team has been found it was just carolina for a while we found the second team in seattle uh i made this no. joke 
I made this time. I made this joke a while ago. Uh, Seattle saying that they were okay with Drew Locke uh, quarterbacking their team was absolutely adorable. Um, <laughs> yeah, they Carroll, showed up to one practice and they were like, Pete, Pete uh, Carroll is 70 years old. He's not doing a year of Drew Locke. He's, it, it's not happening. Um, and you, and, and then you've got Matt Rule kind of fighting for his job over in Carolina too. So those are, those are the two people The the news came out. Uh, one wasn't as credible. I think uh, it was somebody who had missed on some stories before, um, regarding, uh, Seahawks. He was the one who definitively came out and said that they're nearing an agreement, but there were, uh, Josina Anderson, who's a much more reliable source came out and said that the Seahawks were at the very least interested, uh, in, in trading for Baker Mayfield, which makes sense. Uh, it makes sense, uh, because the Seahawks don't have a quarterback and I don't think Pete Carroll wants to rebuild at age 70. So, um, your thoughts on Baker Mayfield, uh, what do you think the return could be for uh, for Baker um, now that we've kind of got that second team? Take it, Mike. And I'm muted. I keep thinking it's my dog. Uh... <laughs> oh, can you hear? Can you actually hear her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? She's beautiful. Yep. Uh, Barry's, Barry's making comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no worries. Uh, yeah, listen, I don't know what they can get for him. Can they? Can they? Here's the thing. For as much criticism as you want to give these guys about how they've handled Deshaun Watson, I think they've handled Baker Mayfield just fine. Mm-hmm. I won't, I'm not going to be like they've handled him brilliantly, but I think they've handled him just fine. They did not get any major takers up front when they were looking for offers for Baker Mayfield. They didn't get what they wanted for sure. And so they said no. And I love the fact that they did that. I love the fact that they said, you know what? We're not just going to trade this guy to trade him. We're not going to just be like, here's a seventh. Or we're not going to – these teams are not going to outweigh us and then we're just going to uh, um, cut Baker Mayfield. That's not what's right. going to happen. We're going to get something back for this guy. So I think they've handled the Baker Mayfield thing just right, and now it's coming to fruition. And, again, the longer this goes, the more teams are going to get in on it because the longer this goes, it's Carolina, and it's always been Carolina, and it's always been Seattle. We've always known Seattle was going to be in on this because they don't want either one of those guys starting because Baker Mayfield is better. Than both of those guys, then Locke and Geno Smith, he's better than both of them. So we knew that Seattle was going to jump back into this. So what we don't know is what other team, what team's going to have a quarterback get hurt? Mm-hmm. What team is going to have a quarterback that they thought was going to be okay that isn't? San Francisco, Detroit, teams like that. Mm-hmm. There are going to be other situations that pop up. And I'm not saying the Browns – listen, I think the Browns would love to have Baker Mayfield off the roster as quickly as possible so that everybody would just stop talking about it. However, they're not going to do it without getting something that they find valuable in return. I don't know what that is. I don't I don't know whether that's – I know a conditional third-round pick. It even got said in the comments – that's been floated around a lot. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know if a fifth round pick is. I don't know what they find valuable. Yep. But I do, I will say I like the way they have handled the Baker Mayfield thing. I know it doesn't sound good. Uh, I know it 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 makes people feel sad for Baker. All the Baker stands <laughs> out there feel sad for Baker. But yeah. the fact of the matter is you're not just going to give this guy away. You're going to wait, let this thing play out. And one of those, now that there's two teams, uh, I think there's always been two teams, but now that there's two teams like in public who have shown public interest in Baker Mayfield, it's, it's like trying to sell a house. Mm. (laughs) If you got one person that wants to buy your house, cool. 
if you got two people that want to buy your house, now you're driving cost up. Mm-hmm. And so you could you could go back to Seattle or Carolina and say, well, listen, the baseline is this conditional third. However, if you want Baker Mayfield, you can give us this, something better than that, and we'll take it. So that's that's where the Browns are approaching right now. And and I think I think that's and and that's kind of what I was getting at. I see Manimal in the comments there saying if they get in a bidding war for Baker, they can get a second for him. That's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. Yep. Do I would I be surprised if they traded Baker for a second? No. Would I be thrilled? Sure. But it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And and I think uh, I'll give you a chance to answer. Sorry. No, that's fine. Go ahead. I think I think one of the things that um, is is sort of important to recognize here is that fans, the general fan opinion of a team. It, it does not really reflect their decision making as much as you might think. So, for example, Carolina, all of us are thinking, okay, Carolina's not going to compete this year. You know, why would they trade for Baker on a one year deal? They're not going to compete even if they have Baker. That's not how Carolina's looking at it because mm-hmm. th- those are guys fighting for their jobs. And it's the same thing with Seattle, with Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's on the hot seat. You know, they got rid of Russell Wilson and kept him. He's got to prove that that was the right decision. Uh, so, those guys have a lot to prove going into the season and they want to win. You know, they, they don't want, they don't approach this in the Sashi Brown way where, you know, like we're going to punt a couple of years. They want Mm -hmm. to be as good as possible and win as many football games as they can. Yeah. I I think that, you know, I've, I've long suggested that the way that Andrew Barry handles free agency, especially after, you know, he's got his priority guys is that he just has a number. He, and I, I think he's very open with the agents about it. I think he says, you know, for your guy, it's $2 million. And if you want, if you want your guy to play for $2 million in Cleveland, that that offer is on the table. And so, you know, occasionally, like I think Ronnie Harrison is a great example. I think that mm-hmm. Andrew, Andrew Berry said, this is how we value Ronnie Harrison. You're welcome. He's welcome back basically. And, and they looked at the market and he ended up coming back. Nobody thought that was going to happen, but Barry is, is too, He's value driven. That's his whole thing. Right. And so I think it's the same thing with Baker Mayfield. He's got an idea in his head of how much money he wants another team to pay and what draft capital. And I'm sure that they're linked, right? The more the team pays, the less draft capital they have to give up. And that when that number gets reached, whether it's in a bidding war or, you know, one team decides, you know, next week that they've had enough and they want to bring Baker in then the trade happens. I don't think the timeline of this really changes for the Browns, even into training camp. I mean, obviously, naturally, there's going to be more pressure on these other teams because you don't want to trade for a quarterback that hasn't been with your team through half a training camp. Right. But from the Browns' perspective, the the leverage only goes up, as Mike, you you mentioned. I mean, quarterback injuries aren't that common, but if one happens, you know, if, if I mean, if Tom Brady finally, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Mother Nature catches up with Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, uh, all of a sudden, Tampa Bay that they're they're giving up a first. I mean, it, you know, it's a late first, but they're giving up a first for Ray- Baker Mayfield. There's no yeah. doubt. So, um, I you know, I think that he's got a target in mind of what his value is, and and I don't think that he sees any reason to move that target. You know, probably until closer to the trade deadline. Honestly. Correct. And that's weird. And I know it's weird. I know it's weird that it hangs over the fans' heads. I know it's weird because it feels like you should do a certain thing. But the fact of the matter is this. They have decided that Baker isn't their guy. And they're not going to do anything that is bad for the organization 
just to get him out. They don't need to do that. And I know it might look like they're doing Baker a disservice, but he, whatever Mm -hmm. he's, he, you know what? He's still getting paid as long as he's under contract with the Browns. Right. So he's still getting his paycheck Yep. and, and, and he's making that money. And, and I know Baker earned fans here. He did earn fans here. Mm-hmm. But please understand, because I see it all over Twitter. Like, I just I just hope Baker goes somewhere and plays really well. Baker is going to be the first guy that trashes Cleveland. Like, oh, yeah. that, is, oh, that is coming. Real hard. <laughs> I know he didn't do it in the little, like, in the little uh, podcast that he did, because he hasn't found a new place yet. Mm-hmm. But, man, once once he finds a new place and puts down some roots, those tr- that trash is coming hard towards Cleveland. Uh, and understand that. So, yeah, listen, again, it's this is a patient game that I can get with. Mm-hmm. This is they will get something. I think one of these days we are going to wake up to one of those ESPN messages or notifications. The Browns have traded Baker Mayfield to Seattle for a second round pick, something like that. And we're all going to go, oh, all right. Well, that, that turned out well. Because uh, we've seen what they do with second round picks too. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I I think they're playing this out just fine. All right. Well, we have uh, officially made it forty five minutes. We we did it. Uh, Deshaun <laughs> Watson and Baker Mayfield. So, uh, and you guys, uh, I, I did it without alcohol. So that's it's even more impressive for me. I think I'm very proud. I'm very Almost proud unimaginable. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been out for like five minutes, so I need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, Tomorrow, Garage Beers podcast. If we have uh, any news um, coming out about Deshaun Watson, we may do a stream leading into the Garage Beers podcast, but 100% Garage Beers podcast will be at 9 p.m. Um, we'll see what happens if there's any news about Deshaun Watson after the hearing tomorrow. Uh, keep peeled to the OBR.com for Deshaun Watson news and non Deshaun Watson news. Plenty of that, too. Jack Duff, a yeah. great article on 15 players that the Browns will almost certainly not be cutting. A couple of surprise names on there uh, that I would not have thought, uh, but he goes into detail about why they would not be cut. So definitely check that out on the OBR.com. Um, and then you are you are busy this week, Mike. You will also be hosting OBR Weekly on Wednesday. Uh, the web dork was supposed to not be here, uh, but uh, unfortunately, he is still here. Uh, but he, is, he will be taking Wednesday off anyway. Uh, family uh, family. Uh, requirements, family obligations for him. So you're you're busy this week. You got I am you're here today. You got garage beers tomorrow, and you'll be uh, you'll be back uh, for OBR Weekly on Wednesday. So uh, you you might need a little bit more <laughs> alcohol. I will have I'll have it all. Just a quick pitch for garage beers. We do have we have a special guest tomorrow. He's a guy with a cool story. He's kind of forged his way into the NBA circles. Now he's like a scout. He's a videographer, and he runs his own website. Uh, uh, NBA Draft Junkies. His name is Rafael Barlow. Uh, Rafael Barlow is coming on with us to kind of break down what the Cavs did in the draft. So we are going to talk a little Cavs. We are going to talk Browns. So I know some of our OBR family here just wants us to talk Browns all the time. We will be talking some Browns tomorrow and so much more. So join us for garage beers. And then, yeah, I'm looking forward to, yeah. I always look forward to hanging out with Fred on Wednesday nights. So that's always a good time. <laughs> I, I love NBA draft content. There is not nearly enough NBA draft content. It's super interesting um, because there's so there's so many fewer players in NBA draft. Yes. So it's so much easier to follow and kind of uh, view those players. So I love NBA draft content. Can never get enough. Definitely. Uh, definitely. We'll check that out. Well, then we'll see you tomorrow, Ian. <laughs> you will, as long as I'm still awake, I've been going to bed at around 8 p.m. every night. But we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I'm 
trying to I'm trying to you know be be more healthy. He's living right, go, Mike. Go to go to bed. Go to bed early. Wake up yeah. early. That's how you do it. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for watching. Thanks Andrew and Mike for joining me. Make sure to check out Twitch tomorrow for the Garage Beers podcast. Make sure to check out the site for tons of news, uh, tons of analysis from the OBR crew. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.